Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and right off the bat, this is the second attempt I've made at this recording, so I'm going to tell you now, trigger warning, just saying. I realized as I was talking, I was like, I got to switch a little bit of this up. This is going to be very difficult for people. Um, if you're very attached to... Uh, trigger warning. That's all I'm going to say. That should cover me, right? Uh, That's the preface for this, that I'm going to say some inflammatory, strange things. And um, I don't know. I'd like to think that by now, episode 100 and whatever this is, 30, 40, some odd, whatever. um, I don't know which order I'm releasing this. so I don't want to, I think it's going to be episode 140. Um, Hopefully by now, you're a little loose you know, I feel like I've shaken a lot of the uh, the people that, uh, what about people out of the, the circulation. Um, and I do, for your information, I do watch when like certain numbers drop, like the things that I've said. And then it's like, oh, I, I get a little tight. Like maybe I don't want to say that. It's like, that's not what you nice people want. You're like me and you want the truth no matter how bad it hurts. Um, and that's why you're still here. <clears throat> anyway, so trigger warning in advance. Um, what I'm going to talk about is my journey um, leaving the church, so to speak, letting go of, I think is probably the more accurate way to put it, um, letting go of my birth religion, I guess you would call it, my um, whatever the mythology or whatever I was born with. Um, what it was like letting go of that and, um, you know, understanding that, uh, I'm just, I'll get into it. But before that, go to the infinite spark check out the Patreon, join the Patreon $10 a month. The journey is here. It gets you access to the first Wednesday of every month online gathering, as well as an email that comes with it. The awake tier, the $20 a month tier. That is the first Wednesday of every month and the third Wednesday of every month. Uh, That is the online gathering for the third Wednesday. It's called the Awake Tier. That is where I intend to dig a little deeper and build a bit more of a community. Um, Yeah, so check it out. There's still the $1 and $5 tier if you just want to keep kicking me money every month because you appreciate what I'm doing. Um, If you're interested in attending any of those groups or gatherings, uh, but you don't want to sign up for Patreon and all that shit, totally get it. Uh, through PayPal or Venmo, just shoot me 20 bucks. Be sure you get me your email address. The information is all on the website at the Patreon slash donate button. Um, if you're interested in spending some one-on-one time with me, maybe you want to start a meditation practice, start some sort of spiritual pursuit. You want a deeper understanding of the mind, of, of meditation, of spiritual practice. Um, you can do that. Reach out through email or uh, Instagram direct message just because I'm the most active on Instagram. Um, if you want me to do a workshop or give a talk at your yoga school or some other institution, your place of work, whatever, uh, reach out through email, Instagram, direct message. Um, what else? You'll notice if you click that about button, there's a little brief history of me and there's also some testimonials there. Those people, uh, participated in thought transformation and restructuring with me. That's three of hundreds of people that I've sat with over the years. Um, many, many, many of them I'm still in contact with through a specific Facebook group. So I've been tracking the progress of the work that I did. 
at this point, very confident in it. It is a method of moving PTSD, anxiety, ruminating thinking, grief and loss, moving it around in the brain from the right side to the left side so that it no longer affects the nervous system. That's why these things are so troubling. It's not the thought itself. It's not the memory as disturbing or as like, ugh, as like unsatisfactory as it was. It's the way it makes the body feel that's the real problem. Um, and you've, so it's not amnesia. You're not going to forget the stuff happened, but uh, it's going to be data, you know, that it's like, well, this thing happened and it sucked and I wasn't a fan of it, but here we are. So um, that's thought transformation and restructuring. Okay. Uh, also, I'm uploading some of the old classic shirts that people really dug. I'm going to put those on the store soon. The Don't Sprinkle Shit Seeds, my Dreamfield t shirt, as well as uh, You Were Never Born and You Will Never Die. Um, the Shit Seeds t shirt, I think we'll have some more colorways to it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, how do you start this? Um, it's very difficult, I think, for someone who um, wasn't raised in a church. Uh, I have a friend, and she wasn't raised with any concept of God or anything like that. So for someone like that, it's very difficult for them to understand the weight that, um, that you receive from, I'll just speak for myself, for Christianity, or uh, more specifically, Southern Baptist that hell, for whatever reason, you know, there's always a piece of you that goes, this can't be fucking real, right? But there's another piece that goes, you want to fucking find out? And, and the answer is no. Uh, I can remember being a little boy and what was told to me was, have you ever burnt yourself on the stove? I was like, well, yeah. My mom had this yellow stove and there's this white strip. In hindsight, I don't know what this was about. Uh, it seems very dangerous, but there's a white strip on the front of it, some sort of like rough enamel, and it was fucking hot. It was like the burner of the stove, and it was like right out front, and I would touch it as a kid and, and burn myself. And my mom would be like, why do you keep doing that? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I literally am the person that checks to see if the stove is still hot. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's the same piece of me that like wants to like, if something hurts, I just keep pushing on it. Um, but my teacher said, you know, have you ever burnt yourself in the stove? And I said, yeah. And she goes, that, imagine that all over your body for eternity. And you, as kids, you're like, well, how long is that? Like forever. You're like, well, what's that mean? So there, you know, you have these like Southern Baptist school teachers, which, you know, what's really funny as a kid, I've said this before, that the only criteria for intelligence really is height and age. Uh, and then the older you get, you realize that just because you're taller and old doesn't mean you know anything. It just means that you managed to survive in the easiest time in history, human history to do so. Uh, you know, so it's really funny that you had like, you know, someone, I'll just say their names. I'll, I'll say it first name, Carol, uh, the principal of this illustrious fucking institution, explaining infinity to a child, which I love. So um, Carol is explaining and, and Judy and Julie and Ron are all explaining the idea of infinity to children. Um, and so uh, it, it just seems so unfathomable and you're beaten over the head with it for so long. It reminds me of that Carlos Castaneda line from either from one of his books about his time with his shaman, Juan Matus. Um, 
where he says you live in a description of reality and you're beaten over the head with that description until you repeated it back to them. Um, if that's not it, I don't know what is. That's why I, I like identified with that line. So I was like, fuck, man, I was. I was beaten over the head, beaten over the head. And again, there's a piece of you that doesn't believe it. You know, and when you talk to an adult who's all in and you go, so you believe that there is a lake of fire and you will burn for all of eternity. And they go, no, that's figurative. Okay, well, then what do you mean? And they say, well, it's, it's like your worst nightmare over and over again. Like, oh, like Bill Murray, Groundhog Day. Okay, I get it. What the fuck are you saying to me? Um, now, I have some people close to me that are Christian, and I love them. And I, and I, you know, I get down with Jesus. I get it. But there's these things that when you're telling it to a child, they instill this fear, right? And now, again, this is just my journey, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. But uh, my experience on the ride wasn't great. It took me years. Like, I can remember time in my life where if I saw a Jesus tattoo, I felt viscerally angry. I was like Damien from The Omen when they pull close to the church. He starts pulling at his mom's hair and trying to scratch her fucking eyes out. That was me for a long time. Um, and, you know, my experience in the, uh, the ministry uh, wasn't like yours, maybe. Uh, maybe mine sucked. I'm sure yours was just filled with uh, cupcakes, rainbows, and hand jobs. Mine was well. So, listen. <laughs> I told I, I gave a trigger warning. Okay? And, I'm, and I gave a trigger warning because I have a head cold and I can't be trusted right now with words. Um, highly caffeinated, head cold, and it's... It's cold out in Florida. That's why I'm wearing two jackets and a t-shirt. Um, to be fair, one of them's a, a windbreaker. So, I kind of found myself, um, as I always said, and when I was 20 years old, I left the church and became a Hare Krishna. Okay. Left the church. It wasn't exactly like, like I'd already started kind of separating myself. I was in the punk scene. I knew some Hare Krishnas. I was into the straight edge thing. Uh, and I knew some people that got down with like Shelter and 108 and those kinds of bands, which were Hare Krishna bands, Cro-Mags when John Joseph was singing. Um, and if you're not familiar with John Joseph, John Joseph Discipline, um, that Instagram feed, that's my guy. Uh, John Joseph, singer from the Cro-Mags, now an Ironman athlete. Uh, just if you want some inspirational shit that's like very real and spiritual simultaneously uh that's the guy so um like david goggins for the everyman um so i had already started separating myself and i had some friends they're very close to me some of you might be listening motherfuckers uh that literally made fun of me for believing in god and having some sort of a moral compass. I don't know if you're listening, but you know you fucking did it. And in hindsight, it was funny because we were just fucking shitty kids. Um, you know, it's just punk rock assholes. Um, and I, whatever, I still love you. Uh, but I had these convictions. And, and what they didn't understand is these kids weren't raised in the church like I was. So when they would say that and I would try to like cover and make myself seem cool, it was like terrifying for me. 
I'm denying the th- this thing and it, it could like kill me. And, you know, it reminds me of this Joseph Campbell quote. Your, your God, I use it in the new book, your God is a reflection of your own consciousness. So consciousness being what you are aware and unaware of. So your relationship to God, the way you see God, the way you perceive, regard, understand, and interpret the force, energy, idea, concept of God is a reflection of what you are aware and unaware of. Well, what I was aware and unaware of was fucking mean. It was the old Jewish God, the shitty Jewish Abrahamic fucking petty, jealous God. You know, anytime you talk about lady, you got to walk. Um, anytime it's, here you go. Any, just real quick side note. If you ever want to know what's going on in traffic, pedestrians, whatever with the world, I want you to go ahead and Google the side effects of SSRIs, uh, effects on coordination, cognition, etc. Now I want you to Google how many people are on them. And that would explain the confusion around exit lanes on the interstate. So this idea of God that was like, anytime you you mention like anything outside of Christianity to somebody who is just, you know, full on in the game, um, they go, well, you know, like it says in the Bible, which I'm sorry, but if you preface anything with that, like you're just saying, like it says in fucking Tropic of Cancer, it's just a book, relax. Um, Like it says in the Bible, you know, I am a jealous God. What? Jealousy is a function of evolution. It's a function of propagating a species. It's an organism's kind of problem. You're talking about God, you nitwit. So the descriptions are easily just, just you know, men writing down how shitty they feel about stuff and then applying it to God. Um, and, you know, my version of God that I like the most is Krishna. So... If I'm going to be like God, I want to be like that one. God, uh, Krishna as Govinda, as Gopala, like that's, that's my, I would rather that in my consciousness than like, are you cheating on me? Version of God that comes out of the Hebrew, whatever the fuck. Um, okay. So I'm 20. I've already kind of started separating myself, but there was an exercise I used to do. <coughs> Pardon me. And I write about this in the new book. I would look in a mirror and I would go, Jesus is not the son of God. Jesus is not the son of God. Now. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I don't mean it in the esoteric fucking idea of Jesus being the son of man or whatever the fuck, right? Uh, and not in the way that like we're all sons of God. That's not what I mean. I mean in the concept, the almost political idea of Christian this this thing, the philosophical shitbox that I was raised in. That's what I'm talking about. So it was me denying. It would be like a Republican staring in the window and going, 
we should try to feed more people. You know, it's it's that. It's like trying to deny your political affiliation. It'd be like a Democrat going, you know, uh, maybe Big Pharma is... Sorry. <laughs> I just know uh, some of you that are listening, and I'm just doing this to fuck with you. And you know who you are. Um, but it, it was that. It, that's what I was doing. Not the esoteric... Fu- like... I was, it was me denying and just saying, you know what, fuck this. And I had to get over this hump, you know, and it scared me to say it. You do not understand the visceral fear that courses through a young man's body when he's denying God just as a thought exercise. So that's who you're dealing with, the kind of person that would take on the threat of burning for all of eternity for the sake of finding out the truth. And it was just that, like, I just want the truth and I need somebody to be honest with me. So I start, uh, before that, like I said, I was kind of like edging my way out and I would do things like I found a book once called Buddha and Jesus Conversations. And it's a fictional account of Buddha and Jesus having a conversation. And it's essentially someone going, hey, look, these two things are alike. Buddha and Jesus are similar. And it's this safe way of kind of (laughs) scooching out of Christianity for people because they're afraid. And I'm going to say it. you, You are afraid to deny this theology, this mythology that you were born with, that you did not actively choose out of experience. You chose it. I'm sorry. You chose it because it was the religion of your parents or it was the religion of somebody. You were at a point, and I know I'm painting with a really broad brush. It's just, I know people. You were at a point where you needed something. You were scared. Your friend maybe invited you to a revival you went, and when they called everyone forward, they described this pain that you felt. You identified with it. It was visually the, the goosebumps, the whole nine, and you gave your life over to Christ. You walked down the aisle. You did the thing, and I know because I'm the one that asked people to walk down the aisle at one point in my life as a young man. I've walked down the aisle a hundred times, and you do it just because you. it's this deep need to be a part of something. You just want to feel better. And fuck, and the whole thing is so emotional. It's like group histrionics and you go. And you're afraid to let go of that thing. So you find these books. Even Thich Nhat Hanh wrote that book. What was it? Like Walking Jesus, Walking Buddha, Walking Christ. I don't know. Christianity, Buddhism is not like Christianity. Christianity has some qualities similar to Buddhism. And that's because Buddhism's older. And Buddhism has some qualities similar to Hinduism because Hinduism is older. Okay? Now, I'm at this point in my life, or I was at this point in my life, where I was like, okay. I remember being 20 and hearing the concept of telephone, that game of telephone. I'd never heard of that before. And I had this thought, this like, oh my God, religion... God is like telephone. So I needed to figure out what was the oldest shit ever. Turns out it's the Upanishads. Um, The Upanishads is the oldest of the old. You go back to the Isha Upanishad, the uh, Kata Upanishad, or the Rig Veda. Um, And there's a lot to like whether or not something's considered an Upanishad. Some people consider the, the Bhagavad Gita to be an Upanishad. 
Upanishad's like the all the collection of things, right? I can't remember what Upanishad means, but I heard that and I started reading. And I'm reading and I'm like, this sounds like the Bible. This just sounds like these old descriptions of God. You know, and you know, in hindsight, what it's doing is it's describing something that is so unfathomable that your stupid jelly computer can't figure it out. You can't conceive of it. You get glimpses. I've said you get glimpses uh, through meditation. You get glimpses through extreme practices. You get uh, glimpses through psychedelic experiences. You get you get a little window. They crack the window open sometimes. Go, holy shit! It's like that. You know what I like to call a unity consciousness experience. I had my first one when I was 15, surfing. I was sitting out the out in the ocean, and I just had this experience where this presence, and the only way I would describe it is it descended onto the area, like around me, like a blanket. And in that moment, I felt one with God. And in that moment, I had the thought, this confirms it, Christianity is true. Why? Because that was my consciousness. That was what was in my data bank. I had nothing else in my data bank. Now, having those experiences, I've had it several times since then, Obviously, I'm 47. I've been at this a while. 27 years in earnest, spiritually seeking. And um, now it's like, oh, there's just this unexplainable unifying force in the world. And I am a part of it. And so are you. Everyone's part of it. Um, And, you know, even the person that has no interest in this whatsoever, like, you know, they're, they're a part of it. And they are in communion with it. But right now their life looks like this thing and they're doing this stuff. And that's fine. That's, that's their thing, right? Um, but for some of us, we're going up the mountain in a little more... Our, our, our path, like right now, the, the course curriculum we're in, the class we're in right now, has us very aware of the presence of this thing. We are interested in learning to do this human birth thing better, so we are engaged in whatever. Um, But this thing where we... So these books, it's like we're edging our way out, afraid to take that dive. Um, And I understand it, but one of the thoughts that I had over and over again was if this is the soul... And the way I would frame that, I'd say, if I have a soul and this is about my soul, I'd say my soul instead of me as the soul. But at the time, I was like, well, this is about my soul. Then it is very important that I flip over every stone, that I read everything. Because this is of the utmost importance. So why would I just accept one point of view, one perspective about it? Well, because it's the one. And look how many Christians there are. Shut up. Um... Just shut the fuck up. That's not a reason. Um, that's like saying, well, you know, uh, Taylor Swift's fucking amazing because look at how many people go to the concert. That's not a reason to like Taylor Swift. I can listen to Taylor Swift. Yeah, these are pretty good songs. It doesn't do anything for me. I can hear shit out of the Bible. And go, That's pretty good, but it doesn't really move me, which was part of my thing. And I've written about that a few times where I wasn't having an experience in Christianity. I felt nothing. 
but I did it because that's what you do. And then you have to ask her out. You start asking yourself, like, am I believing this out of fear? Am I believing it out of love and acceptance? And I feel so held by this thing and taking care of it that I believe it. Uh, okay, that might be the case. But if you deny it, is it going? Is the belief that it's going to turn on you and go bad because you denied it? That's interesting too, because that sounds like a bitchy, uh, bitchy ex-girlfriend. Um, or boyfriend, whatever. So if this is about the soul, if this is about liberation of the soul, if this is the way I would have framed it back then, if this is about my soul and eternity, then I need to know the truth. And if fear keeps me from really finding out the truth, does that sound healthy? If you stay in a marriage out of fear, is that healthy? If you stay in any relationship out of fear, is that healthy? If you stay at a job out of fear of what's going to happen if you leave, is that does that promote happiness? Does that promote growth? Are you going to feel better? No, absolutely not. So this was about the battle for my own soul. That's what it was. And that's how I looked at it. And that's how I, I just said, you know what? Fuck it. And then later on, when I was introduced to the Ramayana and read the Ramayana, the allegory of the Ramayana made sense to me. That Ram is the soul, Ravana is the ego, or fear. Sita is the heart. Hanuman represents courage. And the ego steals the heart from the soul to live in fear. And it requires a lot of courage to win the heart back and bring it back to the soul. Some of you can feel that. Some of you can't. The courage to deny or let go of the side of the pool, however you want to look at it, and float out into the deep end, that was the courage needed to truly reunite my heart and my soul. And it was hard and it was scary because religious trauma is very real. Um, religious trauma is something I encountered a lot working in the mental health field with people in closed religious societies. Uh, religious trauma is something that the average person probably can't understand, but it's very real. And, um, you just go through it and you find out that when you let go of the side of the pool and float out into the deep end, you learn to swim and then you're stronger, you're wiser and you're more content because now, you know, um, I don't have an adversarial relationship with Christianity um, there's a lot of aspects of it that are very interesting to me. Uh, some of the more esoteric things involved in Catholicism I find interesting. But this fire and brimstone bullshit I was raised with can... It can fuck itself. I'm not really interested um, in basic cable because I don't think that it helps you. If it creates fear and anxiety in your life and that you're doing things out of fear you know think about it like it's not like one of the, the the problems that I have personally with certain things is that there's no day-to-day practice you wake up and say your prayers but you're we, we've gotten into prayer I will not get into that right now and if you wanted to know more about it you should have been at our um, February 7th gathering um but if it's like dear God please give me a good day and forgive me for being such a piece of shit to the kids 
like if that's your only spiritual practice and let's face it you probably only remember to do it when it's hurtful um, or it's just like dear god please give me a good day and then you just spend your time motherfucking everybody um, or and then every Sunday you just go re-up maybe every Sunday like that's not a practice that's not going to really enrich your life um, things like praying the rosary is interesting that's a day-to-day thing where you can really dig in. So far, I'm learning that the Christian view of through the Christ, the view of Christianity through spiritualism is very interesting, very interesting, oddly deeper than I thought it was. Much more into a non-duality kind of thing. It's it's much deeper than I thought. I still have a bunch of questions, and I have not contacted that woman I said I was going to. But I've been, I think, kind of really fighting off this cold. Um, anyway. That's how I went through it. I, it's, it's what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to express to you is that it's very difficult to let go of old beliefs and old ideas, whether they're religious or political. It's very difficult. It's scary because it's your entire framework for reality. And that can be terrifying. But I promise you, if you let go, it's beautiful. And if you're somebody who is in that situation and you need somebody to talk to about it, um, maybe time with me might be helpful. Um, I know what it's like to be afraid of that. I know what you're going through. Um, Yeah. So that's it. That's all I got. So, you know, a long time ago, you reminded me of all of this and right now at this particular moment on this timeline I'm in the role of reminding you and I love you for reminding me and when you reminded me that's why I was able to get to this point in this life because you kept the knowledge going so I appreciate it I love you and anything I can do uh, let me know Um, but you reminded me I'll remind you I love you and I hope to see uh more of you soon. All right, bye.